sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. Happy Wednesday. Dubs S and filling in for Benji Stevens. We got you sorted. We got college hoops, NBA, Fonseca, breaking it all down there before the break. We're talking a little NFL, the college hoops tonight, NHL. We got golf coming up and we also have a bit of soccer. Massive day in soccer today, but massive news dropping there yesterday from FIFA confirming that the host nations, US, Mexico, and Canada, have been confirmed their spots for the 2026 World Cup. Now, look, it's it's not a massive shocker. We, we sort of knew this was coming, but to have three host nations, it's not something that we're usually used to seeing. So this is fantastic news. What, what does it mean for Team USA? Well, they don't have to go through the route of qualifying where they could potentially not make it through to the 2026 World Cup. I'd like their chances because we got more teams coming into this one. 48 teams going into the next World Cup. And we're coming off such momentum. Don't worry about Greg Berhalter and all that fiasco that's uh, that's been playing out uh, behind the sidelines, if you will. Team USA, soccer here in the States is looking really good. MLS is looking good. The young superstars playing all across the world right now in the biggest leagues. Jesse Marsh, not great uh, that uh, Leeds gave him the old sack, but you can already bet on the 2026 World Cup. France, I mean, they've got such a young squad with all those superstars. Killian Mbappe, we saw out there yesterday, are still your favorites at 5-1. to one. I agree with that. England at plus 750. I think that's decent. Team USA at 19-1. to one. Tell you what, these sports books, they know what they're doing. They, they, they're seeing the Team USA is a team worth watching with so much young talent. Second youngest squad over there at Qatar for the World Cup. So these... Uh, these young footballers, they're not going anywhere. I think it's a nice little play and great news for American soccer. We won't have to go through qualifying ahead of that next World Cup. We've got uh, our spot guaranteed here for Team USA, Canada, and Mexico. And both three should absolutely be in the World Cup. They are that good. In terms of my Aussies, well, they're going to have to go through the whole qualifying run, and that's an absolute nightmare. But speaking of soccer, we had plenty going on yesterday uh for the champions league and this is the ultimate for any football fan english soccer fan it's better than the epl it brings in the best from germany from uh epl syria all the top nations and we saw them yesterday by munich the german juggernaut taken down psg one nil could you believe that kingsley coman scores against his old club for psg we mentioned that uh, they had a lot of injuries coming into this one. Messi was underdone. Neymar was out there. And Kylian Mbappe, he comes on in the 57th minute, finds the back of the net, but he was playing a little busted up. They called those back uh, due to offsides there. So for PSG, playing this one in uh, Paris, that's not a good start. And with the Champions League, it's home and away. There's two legs to the knockout stage. 16 teams remain. If you lose that first one in your home stadium, that's not a good start. Speaking of getting it done in their home stadium, Milan roll Tottenham one to nothing. That's a great start for them. They're now looking likely to go through the next stage. They can now return back to Italy, uh, back to Italy, park the bus, and they're going to have a, a great chance of advancing. Diaz scores in the seventh minute. That's a big help for them. 16 teams remain. 
And we got four back out there on the pitch this afternoon. We'll see Club Bruges taking on Benfica and Borussia Dortmund taking on Chelsea. A lot of people go, what, what does Dortmund sound so uh, familiar? Well, that's one of the feeder clubs that produces a lot of talent. Uh, Christian Pulisic, a young American player, actually came from there as well. As we welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159, Sirius XM. This is the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson. And we're talking a little soccer, old school football, if you will, a little Champions League. Just to recap the fixtures yesterday, Milan rolled Tottenham one to nothing. Bayern Munich get the away win against PSG one to nothing there as well. So not a lot of goals. I was uh, banking that we'd see a few from Milan and Tottenham. Just didn't come. But uh, today it's all about Dortmund taking on Chelsea. Chelsea have had the old slip and slide going on there. Graham Potter takes over the helm to start the season. And they looked good at first glance, but lately have been struggling in the APL. So they're going to have to find something. If we're looking to find uh, a little bit of value here, it's tough to look at Chelsea and have confidence. One and eight to start 2023. Yeah, that don't uh, that don't get me excited. In terms of looking at Club Rouge and Benfica, Club Rouge, they've surprised a lot of people just making it here. So I, yeah, I know we got to talk a little soccer coming up next segment. I think we can fire off a couple of plays here that present a bit of opportunity, a bit of value. And that's what it's all about, making some money. So we got soccer talk coming up this hour, breaking down the Champions League. Also, a little Premier League, two teams in action today. You may have heard them. Arsenal, Man City, top of the table clash. It's a catch-up uh, for match day 13, I believe, in the Prem. So we've got three big soccer games coming up. And we've got a pretty big golf tournament coming up this week. In case you haven't heard, Tiger Woods is back for the Genesis Invitational out here in Los Angeles at Riviera Country Club. Yes, Tiger loves coming out to this one. He was going to play host, but no one expected him to play. Can we expect him to win at 120 to 1? He's played here 14 times, made the cut in 10 of those. Could we expect a top 10 finish? We only saw him three times last year at the majors, not including the hitting giggles, plus 950 for a top 10. For a top 20 at plus 410, and make the cut at plus 156. Can Tiger Woods make the cut at the Genesis Invitational this week? Yeah, there's a chance. He's uh, he's going to need that golf course to play really tough, which Riviera does, and he's going to have to poke it around, keep it on the short stuff, keep it close to even par in that first round. Second round, I expect a bit of regression. So that's what we got coming up in the second hour here. we got soccer talk, PGA Tour talk, college hoops, NBA, and everything else in between. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in. It's the morning after. The club is going up on a Wednesday. We're talking a little soccer, a little football. We welcome in soccer insider Roberto Rojas. Roberto, great to see you here on a Wednesday. I appreciate you making the time. I know you're pretty excited. we got Champions League going on. we got English Premier League later today. Two of the powerhouses squaring up out there on the pitch. But let's start with what we saw yesterday between PSG and Bayern Munich. The Paris Giants taking on the German juggernauts. And Bayern Munich had enough uh, to get it done. Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. Obviously, this was a, a clash that was billed as two favorites really going against each other. And it was a shame that we're going to probably see one of these out, one of these favorites out of the tournament so early. 
But it was a clash between, obviously, like you said, a juggernaut uh, for their respective countries, PSG dominating Liga for so many years, Bayern Munich dominating Bundesliga for so many years. Obviously, Bayern Munich have had more history when it comes to European competitions. PSG, on the other hand, they've spent so much money on getting so many players. You look at the star names like Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, Lionel Messi, and the list goes on, but they still haven't been able to achieve any sort of silverware when it comes to, to European competitions. So, yeah, it was obviously a, a kind of a missed opportunity. Obviously, Bayern Munich getting the, the 1-0 win thanks to a goal from a former PSG player, ironically enough, in uh, Kinsley Coleman. And, yeah, it sets up a really difficult tie uh, in the next leg over there in Munich for them to to try to, to reverse the um, the situation and to qualify for the, for the, yeah, for the quarterfinals. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, for any of the betters who have joined us here today, Roberto, who maybe haven't dabbled with the uh, the old Champions League, we're now down to 16 teams. It's a knockout stage. You play one home, one away. And then uh, I guess if we're split, we go we go through an aggregate. But how big of uh, you know, a hurdle are PSG now facing, having to go on the road to Italy in this, uh, sorry, to, to uh, Bayern Munich in this next game, been uh, down by goal? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a big thing. You know, certainly when you look at kind of the historical fact of the Champions League, you know, you always want to get a good result when you're at home. Um, typically, you know, historically, there's always been something called the away goals rule, where, you know, if you get a goal away from home, that kind of has valued a bit more. That kind of changed now. That doesn't exist. So basically, Bayern Munich are in a chance where, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to them in the next leg. Like, you know, they could score as many goals as they want. It will mean the same. For PSG, on the other hand, they know that going into the game in Munich, they have to score early. And I think that's always the important thing. Obviously, it's still very much an open um, tie, I would say. And you look at some of the odds that, you know, Bayern are slight favorites to indeed qualify. But, you know, obviously, because of this kind of these two juggernauts playing against each other, it can go either way. And we've seen that in previous Champions League games where you see games that, you know, teams are taking the advantage in the in the away fixture and then they're going at home and then the opposite happens where the away team just takes the initiative and, and to win. So that could be the case for PSG. We're going to have to see what kind of game uh, we're going to get. And obviously the players that are going to be at the disposal, like Mbappe, like Neymar, like Messi, um, if they're able to step it up a notch. So, yeah, I mean, I think for those that are really going into the champions league this year, they are in for a, a really good second leg and hopefully one that will be very entertaining for the neutral. Two of the other teams we saw out on the pitch yesterday over in Italy, Milan taking on Tottenham. Milan get it done. One to nothing over Harry Kane and the boys. Diaz scores in the seventh minute, and they just coast. Pretty impressive. Yes, very impressive results. You know, certainly this was a battle between two sides that, you know, probably haven't been on the best of forms. Obviously, Milan were the defending Serie A champions now are really in a position to even qualify for a European competition. Not looking so well for Stefano Pioli's team. The same can go for Tottenham, obviously a side that have always been considered underwhelming when it comes to having the team that they have to really contend for something, and then they don't uh, achieve anything, really. But, you know, being able to to get a result for, for Milan, to get a result over there at the San Siro in Italy, a very important stadium in soccer, I think for them to to put themselves into a position to qualify to the, to the quarterfinals over there in London... Uh, puts them in a good position. But of course, I think Tottenham need to understand that they also have to really take the initiative and to go at home and, you know, with someone like Antonio Conte, known as a mastermind when it comes to tactics. And of course, you know, 
dealing with a lot of Italian teams during his time, you know, as a manager of managing teams like Juventus, like Inter, he definitely has the familiarity of how to play against these sides, but it really is a, a tough task for them to now go into uh, Tottenham uh, Stadium and for them to reverse the the result. But yeah, a huge win for Milan, a huge win for a side that had been so inconsistent throughout the entire uh, Serie A season. I think this gives a, a bit of a, a shining light to their seats and that hopefully can give them uh, bigger rewards as they could advance if they do advance to the next round of the Champions League. Yeah, and uh, it, it should be noted they're both games one to nothing. It still leaves the uh, the return leg with everything to play for. Milan trying to advance to the final late would be the first time in 11 years. And that was a team that I used to use religiously on the old FIFA on the PlayStation. So I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. But uh, what about the matchups we've got coming up here this afternoon? We'll start with Dortmund taking on Chelsea. Dortmund, quite the feeder club for a lot of young talent we've seen playing across the top leagues there in Europe. Chelsea for Graham Potter, they've had a tough year. They've had a really tough year. How important is home ground advantage going to be in this one tonight? Oh, but huge. Absolutely huge. You know, you look at Dortmund being the favorites on this one just because of that kind of home field advantage. The Signa Uno Park is one of the most intimidating grounds in all of European football. You know, 81,000 fans expected tonight over there in Germany. You know, one of the biggest crowds that you could probably get in a European game so far. So, yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, this is a Dortmund side with a bunch of young talent. I mean, we saw one in the World Cup. And someone has really, really shown his talent over the last few years in Jude Bellingham, a 19-year-old midfielder uh, playing on the England national team, uh, one of the shining lights there at the World Cup. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very much uh, an important task for them to get a result. And as for Chelsea, really is uh, something that will save their season, especially given the fact that, you know, this is a season with their new owners. You know, the fact that they've spent a ridiculous amount of money, around $600 million dollars, on transfers in the summer and in the winter. They just broke the, the British transfer record to get Enzo Fernandez for $120 million to become the most expensive midfielder. So, yeah, this is really going to be huge pressure on them to hopefully, you know, get a, not just get a result and to qualify to the, uh, the quarterfinals, but to do it in a convincing manner, especially when they spent as much money as possible. So very much a, a tough task for them. I think if Chelsea are able to get some sort of result in Dortmund, that could probably put them in a good position to qualify given the fact that the next game will be in London. But I think it won't be an easy task as Borussia Dortmund have demonstrated that they can make things difficult for any team that plays over there in Germany. Yeah, I think that's going to be a Royal Rumble plus 220 for the draw between Dortmund and Chelsea. I'm just saying, what about this other one? Club Bruges taking on Benfica. I mean, for Bruges just to be here, it's a bit of a surprise and Benfica, Plenty of momentum. Last uh, 13 games, they're nine wins. I believe four draws as well. Who's getting it done? Yeah, it's it's really a, a kind of a, a, a hipster's choice if you want to go into the Champions League uh, picks. But yeah, I, I think obviously Benfica have always been a side that have always been consistent in this tournament. They've always been kind of, you know, one of those sides that have made things difficult for the big powerhouses. Going into the round of 16 is definitely not a surprise for them and it certainly have always been kind of the expectation. So it's uh, it's good to see that, especially when they've lost a few key pieces along the season. As for Club Rouge, yeah, like you said, it's they are a surprise package. They've made the, the round of 16 for the first time in their history. The fact that they've obviously are, are having this bunch of momentum, but they did sack their manager that they don't have at the moment with the new one with Scott Parker 
previously of uh, a Bournemouth here in, in England. So, yeah, it's a very tough task. But I think Benfica, with all the talent that they've had, they've always demonstrated it so far. I think they should get the job done, not just tonight, but in the next leg as well. I like it. Roberto Rojas breaking it all down there. Champions League football coming up here on a Wednesday. Roberto, if you were to lean with one team to take out the Champions League this year, who's it going to be? Oh, it's a tough task. Um, I think I have to go for Man City. I think they're the favorites. I think they have demonstrated that. They have a great goal scorer in early Holland, so I would go for them personally. Man City, let's go. Good to see you, Roberto. We'll catch up soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In to the morning after the club is going up on a Wednesday. Dub Zanderson, I'm now joined by Cam Rogers, golf insider, PGA Tour extraordinaire. Cam, it's a big week for the golf betters. It's a big week in golf. Tiger Woods making his return to the Genesis Invitational. There's a lot of money on the line. It's a stacked field, just how it should be. But give us a lay of the land. How How's it going to play out uh, down there at Riviera here in Los Angeles? Yeah, this is a big week for golf. Of course, one of the elevated events on the PGA Tour schedule this year as well, $20 million purse. This is a golf course that will be music to Tiger Woods' ears, if you will, because it is flat, all right? So we're not dealing with the undulations of, say, an Augusta National. It's a par 71, 7,300 yards. Plays typically pretty tough. You look at the past winning scores, 19 under par is an outlier last year. Max Homa in 2021. 12 under, 11 under, 14 under, 12 under. So not necessarily the American Express here this week, Dubs. It's going to be a difficult test. Some of the smallest greens on the PGA Tour, pretty penal rough as well. You have to hit the fairways here. Very difficult to do so, though. And so you're going to have to bring that short game here this week. If you are not a, a magician around the greens, I think it's going to be really difficult for you to be successful. Looking at one Victor Hovland, for instance, he's going to have to hit like every green because he can't rely on his chipping. So it's going to be a really difficult test here. Seven par fours measuring over 450 yards, all of which play over par on average. It's going to be a grinded out affair here this week. Yeah, take a look at the uh, the top of the board here, Cam. It's a tough one to handicap because, as you mentioned on the break there, it feels like a major championship. I mean, everyone who's someone from the tour is playing in this one. They they get the money, they show up. But uh, how do you see the top of this board playing out? I, I mean, is it a week where you get chalky? Is, is that what we're looking for? Well, here's the thing. I mean, nobody here at this particular event who has won since 2017 has been shorter than 32-1. Joaquin Neiman, Homa, Scott, J.B. Holmes, Bubba, they were all 30-1 to or longer in the outright market. So I think the sweet spot, Dubs, actually will be in that sort of range. And I think you have those numbers as winners because typically this field is very deep and you're splitting hairs toward the top of the board. So I talk about it all the time. I just can't go there with John Rahm at 7-1 to one to win this event. Not in a field like this. Same with Rory McIlroy at plus 900. I won't go there either. Patrick Cantlay even at 23-1 to one, coming off a missed cut I think is too short. 
So if you go down the board a little bit here this week, I think that's going to be the smarter play looking around the lines of 40 to 1, 37 to 1. That's going to have a lot of value here this week because you have the guys like John Rahm and Rory McIlroy driving up those prices and those shorter numbers allow for you to find some value down the board. So I think that is going to be the play here this week. And my pick to win this week is 37 to 1. Oh, would you stop it? I, I don't even want to know who was at uh, 37 to 1. I, I need a bit of suspense here, Cameron. We've got a lot <laughs> on the line. Scotty Scheffler back to world number one. Tiger Woods making his return. Yes, Tiger Woods is playing in the event. And Ram and Rory, who we saw on the graphic up top, they're also trying to vie to get back to world number one. So plenty could play out this week. But uh, before we get into some of your best bets, Cam, what do you make of Tiger Woods returning to the PGA Tour and pegging it up on Thursday? This is amazing for golf. Yeah, I think it's a great story. You're already seeing some line movement in the outright market for Tiger Woods. And so let me just tell you this. Please do not bet on Tiger to win this tournament. It's not going to happen. You're throwing money into a fire, if you will. But the fact that he is playing here this week is very symbolic in his recovery process. And so I thought we weren't going to see him until the Masters. But it does make sense here this week, Dubs. We know that he is the tournament host here at the Genesis Invitational. Two years removed, by the way, from that accident. I think it's pretty cool that he is playing here this week. And he might as well if he's going to host the tournament, right? He talked about how he was only going to play in six or so tournaments this season. The four majors, probably. This one and one other. We don't know what it's going to be. It could be the Arnold Palmer Invitational in a few weeks' time. Could be the Players' Championship. We shall see. Some more reps for him before Augusta. But this is great. Here's the reality, though. I'm going to throw some cold water on Tiger Woods. His last top 35 finish came three years ago, Dubs. He's lost strokes to the field in nine consecutive starts. In his three starts in 2022, he lost more than 18 total strokes to the field. So, root for him on the couch. Don't put any money on him, though. Plus 156 to make the cut. But Cam's saying, just be just be a little weary here. And I, I agree with you, Cam. It'll be great to see Tiger back out there on the course Thursday, Friday. And it's not an easy golf course to just show up to uh, after six months of not playing. But Cam, it's the Genesis Invitational Riviera Country Club. Massive prize purse. Plenty on the line for world number one. Who are you going with? Who are you top plays teeing off there tomorrow? My pick to win... And no, it is not 2014. Jason Day, you are seeing a resurgence with this guy. You're seeing it in the stats, the strokes gain data. It's all there right now, Dubsy. I think he's in for another victory very, very soon. I think it happens here this week. Three straight top 20 finishes, two of which were top 10s. Gained an impressive 6.4 strokes ball striking a week ago at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We know he's one of the best POA putters in this field. We just recently saw one Justin Rose resurrect his PGA Tour career winning not too long ago. I think we could see something similar with Jason Day. I would also say, too, that Ricky Fowler has some value this week in the outright market with that same logic. We're seeing a resurgence in his game as well. A couple of top tens for you. I love Justin Thomas. The ball striking is there. He's around the green game. Number one in this field over the last 24 rounds. I like that play there. Sam Burns, we know what he can do in these big-time events. Quietly coming off a T7 at the Phoenix Open and a T11 at the American Express. Four wins in the last calendar year. 
You may remember Dubsy. He was very much in the running here at this event, going into the back nine, did not end up winning that, that particular event, but he likes Riviera, clearly. And then I like some top 20s here. Alex Noren, Tyrrell Hatton. Listen, Tyrrell Hatton is playing quietly, really good golf. T6 last week, which was uber impressive because in the way in which he did it. Second in the field and strokes gained ball striking. Second only to the eventual winner, by the way, in Scotty Scheffler. So four top 15s worldwide in his past five starts. I think he is a great play this week. And sticking with that Australian theme, I mean, Adam Scott for a top Australian. Why not? He loves this event. Two wins, five top tens in his past eight starts here. Tournament's all-time earning leader. One of the best POA putters in this field, by the way. Top Australian, Adam Scott. Why not? Cam, you've just made my Wednesday. You know I get charged up for this golf tournament. You've got Jason Day on the card. You've got Adam Scott there. That's all I need to hear. I'm running to the window. I'm backing these tickets. Uh, I'm pumped up for this one. But Cam, I'm going to throw a couple of names at you that I've been looking at. Yep. I've been circling them. I just can't press the full send button. I need your authorization. I'm looking at Colin Morikawa at 20 to 1. I'm looking at Cameron Young at 31 to 1. Both players been out of form. Well, Morikawa's been there, but he, he hasn't closed the door on a Sunday. And Tommy Kim at 37 to 1. Out of Morikawa, Young, and Young Tom Kim, who would you have confidence in making a bit of run here? Yeah, I think Colin Morikawa is my pick out of that trio. I think he is close to winning on the PGA Tour pretty darn soon as well. Really good ball striker. We know this. One of the best iron players in the world. And he is somebody who can turn it on in an instant. So if you want to do it each way there, maybe with the top five plus 490, that's pretty good value as well. See, you're getting these great prices with Morikawa and Sunjay M because you have John Rahm, McElroy, and Scheffler playing so well right now, but you would think that maybe some regression to the mean is coming for them, right? And so that allows for the Morikawas, the Cantleys, the Sunjay Ms of the world to perform well here this week. So I think Morikawa is my pick out of those three. I'm really excited about Cameron Young here this PGA Tour season. I could see multiple wins here, certainly multiple top fives in this 2023 calendar year for one Cameron Young. So Keep an eye on him. Keep him in your betting sheets there, Dubsy. I like that play. Mate, I've had him on the betting sheets for 12 months now. I need him to show up and get it done so I can see a bit of return on this one. Uh, Cam, tomorrow, tea time. Genesis Invitational, Tiger Woods in the mix. we got Rambo. we got Rory McIlroy trying to get to world number one. But what about Scott Scheffler? Could he keep that momentum? Are we going to see another year like we saw last year for big Scotty Scheffler? We certainly could, and I would not be so surprised. Last year, every time he won, I was like the next week, oh, he's going to fall back a little bit. It's <laughs> What's going to happen? It's golf. It's random. It's volatile. It never happened, Dubsy. He kept continued to play well, winning in top tens and top fives. So I'm changing my perspective here this week. I'm going to say he plays well here this week as well because he just doesn't put his uh, uh, foot off the gas. He's just so elite. He doesn't get complacent. He stays hungry. This is a guy who is just a different breed on the PGA Tour, up there with that elite class, of course, with McElroy and John Rahm. So I think Scotty Scheffler is going to play well here this week. I like him to beat out McElroy and Rahm. If he can somehow finagle a bet there, I would go with that. Yeah, we might be able to uh, find a little three-ball matchup. Cam Rogers breaking it all down, everything you need to know for the PGA Tour betting side of things, teeing off early there tomorrow. Cam, what's going to be the winning score in this one, and what's the key skill set 
and maybe some of the betters who are playing DFS lineups and whatnot that they should be looking for. Strokes gained approach is almost twice as impactful as off the tee and around the green at this golf course. Really track those iron players. I think the winning score is going to be 13 under par, a really difficult test. Grind it out affair should be fun to watch. Yes, that's what we want to see. These golfers struggling, so they look more like us. That's Cam Rogers. Cam, all the best with the bets this week. When we return, a little hoops talk. Morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All over the shop. I know you've been cashing some tickets, but one game I want to get your thoughts on last night between the Celtics and the Bucks. I was on here yesterday talking it up, as I do, saying it's not even going to be close. The Celtics, they haven't got all their firepower, but overtime, yeah, we had a close one, John. Yeah, close is an understatement. I mean, this this went into overtime. The Celtics looked like they were going to get the win for much of the game, and you know, especially they kind of they kind of took their foot off the gas as the first half ended, let the Bucks come back in on a big run. And then it was a lot closer in that second half. But how about Derek White for the Celtics right now looking like a prime candidate? I don't think he's going to be eligible, Dubsy, for six man of the year. I think Malcolm Brogdon is that designated player for the C's right now. But D White going from this bench role starter hybrid role kind of right now. This guy is playing out of his mind. He had full control of that Celtics offense last night. 12 assists, left him on my bench in fantasy. Classic, terrible GM. But listen, and then D. White and Malcolm Brogdon, two huge additions who can be playmakers alongside Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think this is going to be a scary squad when they come back. And you love to see the guys kind of towards the, you know, the middle to bottom of the rotation, let's say, right now, getting that confidence, getting some reps in. The C's are clicking right now, man. I'm feeling good after last night. Despite the loss, we'll take a moral victory, Dubsy. Yeah, so the Celtics won the first one. The Bucks get it last night. They're going to play a third one uh, in late March, I believe, to decide it. It may end up deciding the top of the East there. But what do you make of the Bucks? I mean, Giannis puts up 36. Holiday has to go for 40, and they only just fend off a weakened Boston Celtics. What, what do we read into that, Shames? Listen, th- this is not an, any new story for the Bucks right now, Dubs. You look at some of these results this season, they're struggling in the big games at home. Picking up a win last night, of course, but you know some of these other marquee matchups that come into the building, they seem to be vulnerable right now. And when you think back to the Bucks over these last few seasons, amazing regular season team. We know that over the course of an 82 season, they can really separate themselves from the pack. But I would argue that in the playoffs, they have not looked nearly as dominant any year, including the year that they won the championship. I felt they were a lot better in the regular season that uh, that year anyway. So for the Bucks, it's kind of going to be the same question for me heading into it is they look great right now. They're on a 10 or 11 game winning streak now, but is that kind of success going to continue into the postseason? I'm not writing out the Bucks by any means. I think they are a threat and a legit contender for the NBA title and certainly in that Eastern Conference, but maybe not as much of a wagon as I feel they're being given credit for, but we'll wait and see as the season wraps up here, Dubsy. I like it. Plenty of moves going on in the association. Big names changing teams. And we're seeing uh, Danny Green in the mix here. The Cavaliers taking on the 76ers tonight. Philly minus two at home. The Cavs. uh, Danny Green. Are we going to see Danny Green in the mix here for the Cavaliers tonight, Joe? 
Uh, I believe Danny Green is playing for the Cavs tonight. Let me see if I can find this right now. I don't see anything about his status for tonight, but I do, I do see that he officially signed with Cleveland. And that's being reported today. So we'll see if he's in there. You see the, the headline there, Danny Green revenge game. Let me just say this, Dubsy. No shade to Danny Green, but this is a guy who I feel has really not been this high-level starter that a lot of people have been saying he has for like three to four seasons now. And, you know, he didn't play at all. He's coming off an ACL injury. He's 37 years old. I feel like everyone's waiting on bated breath to see where Danny Green is going to go. I like the move adding him for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I don't know. I, I think we're, we might be giving Danny Green a little too much love right now. Anyway, though, regarding the game tonight, Dubsy, I'm all over Philadelphia in this one here. And really the big reason why is Joel Embiid and his ability to absolutely bang around on the post. We know that Cleveland this year has a very good defense, the best defense in the league, according to some metrics. But that comes in the form of length, Dubsy, and it doesn't come in the form of strength and size on the block. Joel Embiid, you see those props there, 31.5 points, 10.5 rebounds. Embiid last season averaged 35 points and 14 and a half rebounds versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jared Allen, a great defender in his own right. Evan Mobley the same. But again, these are guys who can bother shots with their length. When you're going against an almost 300-pound Joel Embiid, you know, that's uh, uh, standing at his own 7'2", or, you know, 7 feet, or whatever he is listed at there. I think that's a tough matchup. He can play you inside out. I do anticipate it's going to be Philly tonight. And, you know, if you really look at the numbers, too, Cleveland only 13-16 and 16 against the spread on the road, whereas the Philadelphia 76ers at home 19-10. and 10. I love Philly here. They're only laying 2.5. I'm comfortable doing that. I think Embiid has a big night, smashes the over on his props as well. Dubsy, I'm all over Philly. Okay, I'm smashing the 76 uh, right there with you. John Shames breaking it all down. All the big games coming up tonight in the association. Another game I want to throw at you here, John. The Knicks taking on the Hawks. Uh, slightly higher total in this one, 233 in a Atlanta are favored by three points. Playing at home tonight. Trey Young, Randall, a couple of superstars squaring off. How do we see it shaping out? Well, the, the matchups I'm looking at here, Dubsy, is going to be in the backcourt. And, you know, the big addition for the New York Knicks, I think a, a very slept-on addition. We had James Young saying something similar yesterday, but Josh Hart is a fantastic ad for these Knicks. A couple days before the deadline, they bring him over from Portland. This is a guy who has come off the bench, who has been able to start games with Portland this year as well. And you look at what he provides next to Jalen Brunson, right? It's defense, it's rebounding, it's toughness, and it's being able to hit, to knock down some stand, you know, uh, some catch and shoot threes, and be able to really bang around down low, you know, be a good cut threat as well. So I like what Josh Hart adds to this offense. And you know, when you look at Jalen Brunson right now, Dubsy, he is playing on an absolutely another level. Twenty game sample size here. We'll look at his last twenty games. You see those numbers on your screen: thirty point one points, five point seven assists. And how about two and a half three-pointers made for a guy whose that was always his biggest concern. And even when the Knicks signed him this year, people were wondering, is he going to be able to space the floor in a lineup that might struggle with some shooting? Well, Jalen Brunson is turning the narrative on his shot. I love what Brunson's doing right now. And looking at the game tonight, one of those guys in Josh Hart or Jalen Brunson is going to be matched up with Trey Young. The other's going to have to deal with DeJounte Murray. That's going to be a tough matchup. I, I think from a, a size perspective, I would expect DeJounte to probably be dealing with Josh Hart. So Jalen Brunson going over those props is another place I'm looking. And as it pertains to the game itself, the Knicks right now, 15, or sorry, 16 and 12, I should say, on the road. The Hawks, 15 and 11 
at home. I like, you know, when you look at those numbers, it's a pretty similar record. The Knicks here are getting three points. I think the smart play is taking the Knicks with the points to go on the road. I think they can win outright as well, but a safer play is going to be the Knicks plus three at Atlanta tonight. I like that uh, big total, 233 and a half. When these two sides last met, they went for 263 points combined. And don't be uh, don't be afraid of that number. Plenty of scoring going on in the NBA. Will we see plenty of scoring between the Miami Heat and the new look Brooklyn Nets? Now missing those superstars. Uh-oh, that's a no-no. We that's, going south, James? A- I am going south. It's a really low total, Dubsy. It's 212. I know that that is pretty much as low as a total as you'll see in the NBA this season. But these are two offenses that are very much, you know, towards the bottom of the league, and especially the Nets losing their their elite firepower at the trade deadline. Both groups now kind of built of these scrappy guys. We're going to see what they can muster up. I think it might be a difference in this game. Might be a difference of who has the biggest game individually on the court. I'm looking at Tyler Hero. I'm looking at Spencer Dinwiddie. And of course, if for Miami, the story this season for their success has been when Bam Adebayo is aggressive. So that would add a big boost for Miami. But they're, Dubsy, uh, D- Miami right now is struggling in in this uh, situation here. And on the road against the spread, only 8-19 this season. I think the Brooklyn Nets are due for one with this new squad. We know that they play tough, and I think that's the type of attitude that you need to bring against Miami, who's known to be this gritty squad. Brooklyn is going to match that. I do think it is the Nets tonight picking up the victory at home, only laying a point, so it's really a pick em here. So I would actually, yeah, I'd probably still lay that one point for, for Brooklyn here, um, and I would not touch Miami with the points here. I, I, like, I like the Brooklyn Nets right now, Dubs. The Heat struggling once they get out of South Beach up there to uh, the big city there. The Nets, you can see the Brooklyn, they're still trying to figure it out, but they do have some of these uh, young weapons who looked really good. And, I mean, when you got Ben Simmons out on the floor, it's no surprise that John Shame said <laughs> we're going to uh, look towards the unders there tonight. Not many points yeah. coming, but what about uh, this, this late-night game coming up here? The Mavericks taking on the Nuggets. We can certainly expect a lot of points. If Jokic is playing at home, it's almost a must-play. The triple-double as well. How do, we, how do we expect the Mavericks to fare going on the road? Yeah, so I'm with you right there. The Jokic triple-double is basically a lock at this point. I believe Joe Frieza, our associate producer, told me that he was like minus 150 the other night to record a triple-double. So when you're minus money to be putting up those kind of numbers, I don't want to say it, but he might have the MVP race locked up, Dubsy. That's a conversation for another day, though. The Nuggets right now are such a wagon at home. 26-4 and this season straight up at home. And we know that consistently this seems to be a trend for Denver. Teams come in with the altitude the Nuggets like to play fast Jokic with that full court passing ability they always have some athletes in the lineup to complement him I think the Nuggets are going to look to run and gun here against a Mavericks team who does play fast in their own right but I do anticipate them slowing it down a little bit as we've seen them do with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic both trying to get integrated here I do love where the Nuggets sit right now I'm looking at this game and you're seeing these the, the props right now for Luka and Kyrie when you break down that uh, that duo in the backcourt there, I think the question is going to be the question that we've had for every game they've played so far. Who has the ball in the last final minutes of the game? And if I had to choose Dubsy, I'm picking the top three player in the NBA, maybe the best player in the NBA in some people's eyes in Luka Doncic, certainly on that offensive end. But, you know, Kyrie wants to get his shine too. 
I do anticipate this is going to be a high-scoring game back and forth. Kyrie and Luka taking turns on one end, Jokic facilitating on the other end and getting everyone on this Nuggets team involved. But when it's all said and done, I'm looking at Denver here to close it out, and I am looking at the over in this game as well. Dubsy, I think a lot of points get scored. Okay, I'll ride that one with you. And I'm glad you just gave me a straight answer. I was trying to get Coach James Young's opinion there. Yes, he's like, well, it depends on on the uh, on the mismatch and, and who's gun. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But who do we really trust most with the ball in their hands? Two seconds Luka. left on the clock. And yeah, I think it is Luca there. But uh, let's see if Kyrie can take that and, uh, and swallow it. What about the Pelicans taking on the Lakers? Late doors, which you can watch uh, with us here at the Sports Grid Network. Ranieri and myself, we have a great time circling around uh, the live late-night action in the NBA. How do you see this one playing out? The Pelicans look like they found something again. And for the Lakers, yeah, it's the Lakers. <laughs> that is a, a good Where assessment go there, there Dubsy. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm probably going to stay away from this game to be honest with you. The Pelicans are banged up right now, of course, missing Zion Williamson now out for another month or so. So we'll see if they can stay above water there. But they did add Josh Richardson, which I think is a really nice pickup. So we'll see him probably get into the mix tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans. But the Lakers right now, I think we need a couple more games under their belt to see how this core meshes together. A, a lot of new additions at the deadline: Bamba, Vanderbilt, D'Angelo. Russell, you know, the, there's a, a handful of new faces around LeBron James right now. And if there's one guy who knows how to get new guys involved, it is LeBron. But I think we need to give them, you know, four or five games before I have a good sense of what this team's new identity is. I'll probably stay away from this, but I will say this, Dubsy. I do believe cautiously in the Lakers as being a playoff team right now and potentially even a top five team in the Western Conference. What? I mean, you said it. John Shames said it. The Lakers could be a team to watch moving towards the postseason. We'll wrap it up when we return. The one and only John Shames on a Wednesday. Wow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. You ready to make some money? You got those tickets loaded up. We got everything going on tonight. So make sure you keep it right here on the Sports Grid Network. We got a little hockey betting going on. College hoops, NBA. We got one more sleep until the golf starts. You know your boy's jacked up for that one. But before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. All right, I said we had one more sleep until the PGA Tour gets underway. The Genesis Invitational out here at Riviera. Tiger Woods is teeing it up tomorrow morning. And this is why we're giving out a best bet now. Because when I'm on here tomorrow morning, they'd already teed off. So I'm looking at one, Mr. Jordan Spieth getting in the mix. What do you need to do on this golf course? You need a bit of everything. You cannot have a weakness. You need a short game. Spieth coming off a top 10 finish there last week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Been looking really good again. I don't like what he's doing over the golf ball. He's spending a bit too long, but it's working for him. So who might have told him to stop doing it? Plus 160 for Jordan Spieth to finish inside the top 20 this week at the Genesis Invitational for the PGA Tour. It's all about keeping on the short stuff. 
But if you miss some of these smaller old school greens, what do you need? You need to get up and down. Jordan Spieth can get up and down out of a ball wash. Plus 160 for a top 20 finish. Shut the gates. He may even win this thing on Sunday afternoon. Joaquin Neiman's not going to run away with this tournament again. Can Tiger Woods make the cut at plus 156? Can he go low enough through Thursday, Friday? I don't know about that one, but it's going to be great to see Tiger Woods pegging it up at Riviera on Thursday. I'm excited for the golf. Go and get that ticket in for Jordan Spieth for a top 20 finish. If you don't have your tickets in, load up. It's Wednesday. we got everything to have a little dabble with here. College hoops tonight. NBA, John Shames just broke it all down for the association. We're talking NFL. And we're talking a little fantasy coming up next hour there. So keep it right here on the Sports Grid Network. I appreciate you coming along with us the last couple of hours here. I've had a good time. Let's cash some tickets, baby. And as they say, smarter to be on Sports Grid. Have yourself a Wednesday.